Hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to another podcast, Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. I'm Owen, your host, the Mackham Yinza. Mackham, because Mackham is where I come from, Sunderland. Yinza is because what I'd love to be. I've, like I said in my previous podcast, I see a lot of similarities with the Mackhams and the Yinzas. So, welcome to another podcast. Um, it's really a hangover podcast, really, isn't it? Oh my goodness me, um, what can be said about yesterday? Um, I honestly don't know, uh, you know, I sat and watched that game until about midnight, one o'clock, whatever it was in the morning yesterday and I was, I despaired, they didn't just play badly, they stank Arrowhead out. I know the Chiefs are a good team. I'm fully aware of the fact of how good Patrick Mahomes is, how good a coach Andy Reid is, and uh, how what a quality team the Chiefs are and are going to be. A, you know, a major force going towards the Super Bowl. You know, at the end of the season, but. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers should not be going to any stadium and be afraid of what's going to happen. And they should not be going to any stadium and stinking the place out as badly as they did yesterday. I mean, it was so bad. It was nearly funny. I mean, what can I say about that performance yesterday? Words failed me. They really did. Sitting there after the game trying to reflect on what I'd seen. It it was just, it was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. You know, you try to think of positives. You try to think of who the best players on the pitch were, who who turned out for the Steelers. And it was, it's, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to think of anyone. Uh, you know, Minka, yeah, Minka had a, a reasonable game, uh, but was just partly responsible for that um, that touchdown where Hardman, I think it was, went left, made his way through the team, and we seemed to miss every single tackle imaginable to man on him. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, well, perhaps, I don't know, Corliss Waitman, <laughs> the punter, uh, in his first game. Well done. He did really well. Two good punts. Yeah, pleased with him. He's probably the only one, though. Um, you know, even Boswell missed a field goal. It just stank from minute one to minute 60, from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. You know, and if you look around the AFC North as well, we were, you know, we had a great opportunity yesterday to really move up in the standings. You know, the Bengals smashed the Ravens 41 to 21. Joe Burrow starring 525 yards passing. I uh, heard a really funny thing on Good Morning Football this morning that um, they likened Joe Burrow when he was sat there in his Christmas hat to looking like Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. And a bit like uh, Kevin McAllister tortured um, the burglars in Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. Um, you guys, you, get, you guys give up or you're thirsty for more? They say it was a bit like that with the Ravens yesterday, really torturing them for the second time this uh, year. Always nice to see the Ravens lose and Wang Harbour looking miserable, um, even though it did involve the Bungles winning. And now the Bungles, I suppose, are in prime position to win at the AFC North. They've only got to win one more game at the two they've got left, and they've got uh, Cleveland and um, Kansas City left to play. The Kansas City Bengals will be an interesting game next week. Um, Of course, the Packers did us a favour as well, beating the Browns 24-22 on um, the other night. But once again, we couldn't take advantage of that. And like I said, we stank the place out, losing 36-10 to the Chiefs. Um, We're now 10th 
in the uh, playoff chase. We fell back from 7th to 10th. We're 7th at the start of the game. Uh, it's 7-6-1. Now it's 7-7-1. Seven, seven we are back in 10th place. And we're going to have to really do well to get into the playoffs. Ironically, there is still an opportunity for us to get in the playoffs. No matter how... And to be talking about that, I think, after stinking that bad, and stinking that bad in quite a few games this year, it's almost a bit like, how the hell are we in that position to actually get into the playoffs? If you look at some of the stats from yesterday's game, uh, Patrick Mahomes had a good game yesterday, 23 uh, completions from 30 attempts, 258 yards, 3 TDs, you know, really coming into his own, really performing well. But part of that was the fact we put absolutely no pressure on him. Absolutely no pressure at all. Um, I wouldn't even say it was junior varsity defending. It was more like high school defending, allowing Mahomes to just pretty much do what he wanted. Um, Byron Pringle with the two TDs. You know, just again, what were we doing? Uh, didn't seem to want to stop him under any circumstances. Uh, ben um, didn't have the best of games. 35 attempts, 23 completions, 159 yards, one TD and one god-awful interception. Talk a bit more about that in a, shortly. Uh, Najee Harris, 19 attempts for 93 yards. A uh, bit of a caveat though on that, that most of those yards came in the second half when the uh, Chiefs were already miles ahead and playing a very soft prevent defence. Um, he had a long, of course, of 21 yards in at the first half. But, you know, Najee's not to blame for that. As I've said on many occasions, this O-line stinks. Uh, wide receiver-wise, uh, for the Steelers, DJ had six uh, receptions for 51 yards. Eight and a half average of one TD. Uh, Chase for for four um, receptions for forty one yards. Two very good combat catches. Really holding on under pressure, and he certainly seemed to be a lot more calmer, sensibly yesterday. Just putting the ball down and getting back to the huddle, which was encouraging to see. Um, then the what the hell was going on? Um, eight targets for this man. Um, four complete four receptions from Ray Ray McLeod for twenty five yards in total. Six point two um, average. No TDs, of course. Tackles wise, where well, we had Spillane led the Steelers with thirteen tackles. Minka uh, twelve tackles. Schobert ten tackles. Uh, two sacks recorded by the Steelers. One by Hayward and one by Alex. Um, but even with those two sacks, very little was put on. TJ played yesterday, but I'll be honest with you, he did absolutely nothing. And that's not his fault. TJ was not fit. TJ had, was playing with cracked ribs. And I'll be absolutely honest with you, looking with hindsight now, and I know hindsight is a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing to have, he shouldn't have played. And I think they should have put him on the injury report for the week um, and not risked him because TJ is a generational talent. TJ is our best defensive player, not by a street, but by an absolute country mile. And when he isn't there, it does make a big difference. But as it's been proved on previous occasions this season, when TJ is not fit, he doesn't play to his potential because he isn't able to play to his potential because he isn't physically able to. He's not fit. You know, the guy's got cracked ribs. He can't twist, turn, fight, battle in the same way that he'd be able to do if the ribs were okay. And I think it's taking a massive, huge risk playing him when, you know, when... <laughs> Realistically, I think going into Arrowhead, most Steelers fans knew that there was probably slim to little chance of actually beating the Chiefs. Um, 
given our performances over the recent weeks. Um, you know, particularly, you know, there's Minnesota game. Mm. And even last week when we won against the Tennessee Titans, then <sighs> we didn't play well. The offense did not play well. And we were pretty much handed the game by those four Tennessee turnovers. Looking at the AFC North coming out of this weekend, the Bungles sit on top at 9-6-0 with the Ratbirds second at 8-7-0. We sit in third place with 7-7-1 and nice to see the Brownies where they belong at 7-8-0 at the foot of the table. So let's have a look at the Steelers yesterday. What went on, what went wrong and what, what do we need to do? You know... If I had the answer, if I had the magic pill, I don't think I'd be podcasting now. I'd be coaching an NFL team. Uh, I'm certainly not that talented. Um, I think there's a lot of signs now showing that Ben perhaps is in his final year. Um, you know, I love Ben Roethlisberger. I, he's done so much for our franchise. He He's, you know, he's won two Super Bowls. Um, he, he's been to the third one. He deserves, he, you know, he deserves to be, all the plaudits in the world for what he's done for Pittsburgh. He has been a fantastic quarterback and he will be a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, the first available opportunity given his exceptional talent. And I think this hurts Ben as much as it hurts any of the fans. And I think Ben's body feeling as frustrated as the fan, fan base is that, you know, Ben is 39 years old and he's not a 39 year old. He hasn't aged in the same way that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers have. He, you know, he, he is struggling a little bit and he's struggling with his mobility. You know, he's not the player that he was 10 years ago. And that's that's natural. You know, that's what aging does. And the fact that he is getting killed week in, week out, because this O-line cannot protect him. The O-line is like a set of turnstiles. I've seen shopping carts at Tesco's put up more resistance to being moved than this offensive line. Uh, and poor Ben is getting absolutely killed and it isn't helping him at all. Or, you know, even that press conference at the start of the year when he said everything hurts. And I think he's probably still in the same position. You know, it was interesting to see as well that he had his whole family there at the game uh, at Arrowhead. Um, you know, his children and his wife. Perhaps, you know, one of those last road chances for a road trip for his family. Um, his family getting a chance to see him in his last few games. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if this week he came out and said that this was his last game at Heinz Field in the regular season. Um, you know, Ben Ben did not have the best of games yesterday. He he struggled yesterday. Uh, the, fl- the free flicker, the flea flicker, whatever it's called, that he did um, was, you know, a god-awful throw to Ray Ray McLeod. He just put it up then it wobbled and it bobbled and the guy caught it. And, you know, that it turned into that turnover, the Chiefs turned into seven points, something that the Steelers weren't able to do last week against the Tennessee Titans and don't seem to be able to do this season. Um, what else can I say about him? You know, he he looked like a 39-year-old quarterback yesterday, bless him. He, you know, I love, like I said, I love Ben Roethlisberger to bits. I always will love Ben Roethlisberger to bits. You know, he's the best quarterback we've ever had at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. Yes, I know Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls, but Ben is the better quarterback. And I think we'll go down in history as probably the greatest Steelers quarterback ever. But yesterday, he did not have the best of games um, at all. He wasn't able to, to to move the offense up and down the field easily. Um, perhaps hamstrung slightly by some very, very bizarre play calls from Matt Canada, which I'll touch on later. Um, you know, is Ben going to be back next season? 
I think not. You know, they took him out at the end of the game. They brought in Mason, which was just like, oh, God, can things get any worse? Mason Rudolph. Mason is not the answer at quarterback. You know, yes, he had that nice little run, 17 yards to escape being in trouble because he is more mobile. But then again, he should be more mobile. He's a he's a lot younger than Ben Roethlisberger. So, no, Mason's not the answer. And it really does worry me for next season that there seems to be no succession plan in place for them unless they're thinking that Mason is the succession plan, in which case, get ready to tank. Um, Najee Harris, a better game than previous week against Tennessee. 93 yards, some decent receptions as well. Uh, most of those yards, of course, came in the second half when the, when the game was pretty much over and done with. He had a nice 21-yard run. You know, Najee, to me, Najee looked defeated. And, he looked at, and if you saw him in his press conference after the game, he, he seemed to me to be just a little bit down and, and just a little bit, like, fed up. And I think, you know, playing behind that O-line, he, he isn't getting any protection. He isn't getting the running lanes open for him. He's having to fight and battle and do everything himself. You know, he's a rookie player. He hasn't played this much football before in his life. He certainly has not the, the, the amount of touches that he's had this season previously at Alabama or high school or wherever he's played. And, you know, playing behind this O-line, we've done him absolutely no favours. He, he, he was getting battered week in, week out, because the O-line cannot protect him and cannot open those running lanes for him. Um, the O-line was absolutely appalling again. You know, at one point this season, it seemed to be looking like it was moving forward. It was going in the right direction. But we've seen just seen massive regression from the O-line this season in the last few games. Whether that's because Kevin Dotson is out, having Kevin Dotson does make a difference. He does make the people around him better. You know, he's an absolute beast. He's an absolute mauler. But he, he's not. He's one piece there. He's one piece of that five pieces. And he won't. And he can't be the be-all and end-all. He, yes, he does help. He does help the running game. But... He's one piece. Uh, Kendrick Green, again, looked absolutely shocking. Um, he has really regressed. He has really... He, he's flattering to deceive. He He's not looking like an NFL centre. I know this is his first year, and perhaps we need to give him that second season, but he he just looked poor again. Um, that missed block where he... Which was a situation where he just let the guy run through, and that guy... And, I think it was Chris Jones, and it was a strip sack on uh, Ben Roethlisberger, which the Chiefs recovered. Fortunately, because Henny fumbled the ball twice, they weren't able to convert it anything other than a field goal. Can't help but feel that if Mahomes had come out there, it would have been another seven points and a whole lot worse uh, score on us. Um, Kendrick Green was taken out, which Mike Thomas said, and kept saying with a calf injury. And JC Hassenhauer was brought into play centre at the end of the game. Can't help but feel going into the last two games of the season, maybe it may be an idea to actually pull Green out and play Hassenhauer at centre in the last two games, given how poor Green has been in these last few games and some of those errant snaps um, and just shocking misses of blocks. The fact that he can get ball rushed so easily, that he misses his assignments and he has looked very, very poor. Um, certainly not doing um, well, not honouring Marquise Pouncey's 53 jersey at all for me. Uh, the wide receivers yesterday, um, I thought a bit of credit to Chase Claypool yesterday. Two fantastic 
combat catches, coming down with the ball when he had no right to, really good about showing that talent that he has undoubtedly got. Um, and he is going to be a weapon, you know, as long as he gets the silly stuff out of his head and focuses on working on his game and working on catching the ball like he does and becoming that deep threat that he can be. There's no receiver on our team that has the deep threat, the talent, the speed and the power that he has. And he can become a real threat as long as he maintains that focus on his game. And I thought those two catches yesterday were really good quality catches. And what was really nice to see, there was no antics, there was no silliness after it, there was no signaling, there was no taunting. It was then put the ball down, get back to the huddle and get ready for the next play. And that was really nice to see from Chase. Um, DJ had a poor game yesterday. He fumbled the ball. I mean, that fumble, what on earth was he doing? Carrying the ball in his hand like a loaf of bread and just dropping it. Um, I honestly didn't, don't know what, what he was thinking of. You know, you've got to secure the ball. You've got to hold the ball. You know, in a situation like that, when we're suffering, when we're, when we're down, when we need to come back again, you've got to protect the ball. And running with it in one hand like a loaf of bread, it ain't going to stay in there. It's going to come out and he's going to lose the ball. So DJ didn't have his best of games. Uh, slight concern, I think, is Ray Ray McLeod. Why? He has been targeted so much by Ben Roethlisberger. I know he plays and he's been playing in the slot instead of Juju, but... The guy is not a quality receiver. The guy is a very poor, poor player. You know, surely James, even James Washington, James Washington would be a better. You know, at least James Washington is a receiver and a good quality receiver. Raymond McLeod is not a good quality receiver. And, and you know, he had eight eight targets and he only caught four of them, and he only made twenty five yards. Ray Ray, he this over-reliance on Ray Ray, even the situation where he was targeted more than Deontay and targeted more than Chase, which was it's ridiculous. Um, you know, Mike, Mike Tomming said that was because of the protection uh, on uh, Chase and DJ. Well, maybe, but still, Ray Ray McLeod is not the answer. He's not going to win a game for you. He's not going to turn a game for you. Um, he just isn't a good enough receiver. He, he doesn't ha- doesn't run routes well. He... He doesn't have the awareness of what's around him. He he is at best a fifth or sixth string receiver. And I know at the moment we're suffering, but surely James Washington, Cody White would all be better bets than Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, you know, it really goes to show, I think, that yesterday's game uh, and previous games, but more so yesterday's game, shows how much we are missing Juju Smith-Schuster. Whether we'll ever see him again in a Steelers jersey, who knows, that's down to the um, front office. But... His ability in the slot, his ability to come up with those difficult catches, their ability on third down to turn the third down into first down uh, is just is fantastic. And it's what we need. And we are really missing Juju um, on this running. If we had Juju, I think it would be a very different story on the offense. The D-line was non-existent yesterday. Um, Mahomes had all the time in the world to do whatever he want. On that second TD passed to Byron Pringle. He had seven seconds to hold the ball, stand there. He could have made himself a cup of tea, had a little sit down, and then still had time to throw the ball to Byron Pringle. D-line just didn't have the penetration. Once you double-team Haywood, that's it. There's no other penetration there. Yes, we're missing it. Yes, we're missing Aloalo. And now Wormley's out as well. The D-line just showed nothing for me yesterday at all. I mean, this is really getting me down. It's, it's seemingly all negative, negative, negative. And, and to be honest with you, that's what it was yesterday. It was just absolutely appalling. Um, you know, Cam Haywood summed it up really well in his press conference after the game. He said, the D-line, we're not playing downhill. We're not using our hands well. We're not coming off blocks. Um, 
and he's not prepared to accept this. And that's really nice. Cam is the heartbeat of our team. Cam is fantastic. Cam had a sack yesterday. You know, the one bright shining light on the defensive line was that Cam Hayward sack. And Cam did the right thing. He sat Mahomes, got right back up and just got on with the game. No celebrations, no silliness. You know, um, Akello Witherspoon, who's coming and done a reasonable job, you know, celebrating that pass defence in the end zone when... When, you know, we're, we're 30 points down. What's the point? You know, yes, well done. You've defensed the pass, but we're still losing 30 to zip. You know, go on with the game for goodness sake. You know, and I think that's a problem with the culture with some of the younger players in this Pittsburgh Steelers team. They seem to want to spend more time working on their celebrations and their TikToking than they'd want to work on their actual gameplay. Uh, linebackers, well, Spillane led the... Led the um, led the game, led the team in tackles with 13 tackles. But again, a poor performance from the linebackers. TJ was non-existent, like I said, because he was injured and probably should not have played, given the fact that he was playing with cracked ribs. But what a beast. What a hard man he must be, though, to play with cracked ribs. Oh, certainly, I couldn't do that. Um, there was the incident where uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or Clyde, whatever he's called, scored that touchdown where Spillane seemed to be on him and going to hit him for two to three yard loss. But then... Highsmith was there as well, and it seemed more like Spillane and Highsmith tackled each other. Uh, and then Edward Hilaire bumped off them and went into the end zone. I'm not quite sure what was happening there, but if you look at the replay, it does really seem to me like the pair of them tackled each other rather than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Perhaps they showed the same um, viciousness in tackling running backs. We wouldn't be giving up as many yards on the ground. Um, to me, you know, Alex had one sack, and that was a positive, um, which caused a fumble, but that's perhaps one minor positive um gotta say coaching coaching wise matt canada i've been given the guy the benefit of the doubt this year but some of the plays that he called yesterday were just absolutely simply and utterly baffling they just did not make sense at all i mean fourth and inches and we do a backwards toss five yards to try and gain inches or a yard or whatever it was. Where's the logic in that? I just don't understand it. You know, situations where we were third and long or second and long, throwing lateral passes and then being amazed when six to seven Kansas City Chiefs were hammering our receiver or our running back, in Najee Harris's case, into the sideline. Where's the logic? Where's the brain power? You know, this guy was described as an offensive genius. An offensive genius. If this that's a genius, God help us. Um, offensive dunce, more like. Um, yes, the players perhaps aren't are executing. Yes, Ben perhaps doesn't fit into Canada's system. But if you Canada to me just seems like a little boy lost. He seems out out of his depth, massively out of his depth in the NFL. And some of the calls yesterday, like I said, just left me saying, "What? What?" I don't understand. I just didn't get it at all. And, you know, the problem is that we're seeing this week after week after week. And we're saying the same thing week after week after week. You know, third and short, fourth and short, whatever. Throwing the most ridiculous lateral passes or backwards tosses. You know, this is not the first time it's happened this season. You know, this is not 
an event in isolation. This is happening multiple times. You know, as Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And to me, Matt Canada is the perfect example of the definition of insanity. The guy does the same thing over and over again, and he just we're not achieving anything. You know, these sweeps that are not working. Yes, they might work in college, but that's college football. You're not playing as the same caliber of players as you are in the NFL. You know, I'm getting I'm getting wound up now, and that's not good. And, and only because I have such passion for my Steelers. I love my Pittsburgh Steelers, and to see them stinking the place up with some absolutely appalling coaching like yesterday was just not good enough at all. We aren't learning. We aren't getting any better. That's the thing that's other that's really frustrating for me. That it just seems that week in, week out, in the since since the you know since Ben had COVID and it came back in the Chargers game, we just seem to do the same thing over and over again. Start really poorly. Don't play for the first half. Try a bit in the third quarter. Then play okay in the fourth quarter, which we didn't even do yesterday and try and fight back and it's just not good enough it just doesn't work this is the nfl for goodness sake you know it, you've got to put a game of, uh, you know a performance of at least three quarters together to stand any chance of winning against the caliber of players that you play in the nfl something we're not doing and it just isn't getting any better the players aren't getting any better the coaches aren't seemingly getting them to learn and move on from the mistakes they're making and i just don't understand why is it because the players can't execute have they not got the talent to execute is it because the coaches are not inspired them enough or not giving the right instruction enough or not putting the right plays out there now i think it's a combination of all if i'm really being honest poor coaching and poor execution by the players you know for for me for this team still to be in playoff contention it is an absolute miracle um how we've won seven games this year i don't know it's just it isn't good enough and i know we've been hit by injuries i know injuries are making us suffer i know losing alo alo losing to it for example a major losses that we've lost you know tj for times this season joe hayden at times this season um and we've also you know suffered through the free agency because of the cap coming down this year losing some quality players there on the defensive side of the ball in particular but to me, there just isn't the development there. There's not the moving forward. They're not seemingly getting any better. And that's the thing that really worries me. Uh, Keith Butler, again, isn't isn't blowing up any any, any trees with um, his performance as defensive coordinator. I think his contract may not be renewed at the end of this season. Um, coach Tomlin, I'm going to reserve judgment on until the end of the season. You know, I'm a Coach Tomlin fan. I love Mike Tomlin. I, I think he's a great coach. Um and I'm not going to go into get into criticising him here and now. So after that god awful performance and and making you feel like oh my god this morning, what's got what's coming up? What have we got to think about now? What we move on to? So we're going to finish the season with two divisional games, playing our divisional rivals, um, our last home game against the Cleveland Browns, and then going to M&T Bank Stadium to play the. Baltimore Ratbirds. The Browns look a mess. A uh, lot of hate towards Faker Mayfield. Mayfield, I think, is really holding the Browns back. He is a very poor quarterback. And I hope they keep him for a long time because the longer they keep him, the more they're going to suck and not be able to achieve or win anything. You know, the guy threw four interceptions against the Packers on uh, in the last game. He looked poor. Um, 
Mayfield is a mistake waiting to happen. And I think that's something we need to take advantage of in the forthcoming game at Heinz Field. Um, obviously, one of the keys there will be stopping Nick Chubb, who is a major, major threat. A decent running threat. Um, Baltimore in the last game of the season. Who knows who will be playing quarterback? They were on their third string quarterback yesterday in Josh Johnson, given that Tyler Huntley also tested positive for COVID and Lamar Jackson is still trying to overcome his ankle sprain. So quite who will be on the beat-up of Wrapped Birds team at the end of this season. Who knows? You know, we could finish 9-7-1. and one. We could finish 7-9-1. and one. We could finish 8-8-1, eight, eight and one. That would be, which would, I think would be a very Steelers thing to do, uh, preserving Mike Tomlin's record of never having a losing season, uh, finishing 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. I think there's every chance of that. Um, personally, for me, if we want to stand any chance in the playoffs, we've got to win out. Although, if we do get in the playoffs, I don't think we'll go much further than that first wildcard weekend, um, given the the weaknesses and the holes in this team. Um, I'll, you know... <sighs> As an as a fan here in England, it's difficult, you know, for me. It's difficult because you know I only ever get to see them on TV. I haven't missed a game this season. You know, I stay up till all, all the hours to watch watch them. Um, I, you know, I buy the merch. I wear my Steelers jersey with pride whenever I go out. I love my Pittsburgh Steelers, and to see them playing like that yesterday, you know, it hurt. It really, really hurt me. Um, you know, I really hope that we can fight back and battle back in these last two games of the season um, and win these last two games of the season, especially as it's against divisional rivals. You know, forget what happens in terms of whether where we finish in the AFC North or whether we get a playoff spot. The key thing, I think, now is just to beat these two teams. They're divisional, they're divisional rivals. We need to beat them. Um, you know, sweep the Browns, sweep the Ratbirds. That would be a fantastic end to the season. And I think a great end, if this is the end of Ben's career, if this is his, end, if this is his final ride, it would be a great end to say that he managed to sweep the Browns and sweep the Ratbirds um, going forward. You know, I'm not going to stop supporting this team. I'm not going to stop loving this team. I'm not going to support, stop, not going to support. I'm not going to stop, sorry, representing and repping my Steelers no matter where I go, wearing the hats, wearing the, wearing my shirt, wearing my hoodies, you know, showing off my love for my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, please understand out there in America, you know, yeah, I was born in England. Yes, um, I chose to support the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 1988. Um, I've been a Steelers fan since that time, since 88. Since I was 10 years old, I'm now 43 years old. Um, and so for 33 years, I've been a Steelers fan through thick and through thin. And, and I'll stick by my Steelers no matter what, because I chose them. They're mine. I love my Steelers. I'm a part of Steeler Nation. And if you're out there in Steeler Nation, we are the greatest fans in the world. We are the biggest family in the world. We have a real sense of pride, a real sense of belonging and I think the Steelers are quite like unlike any other franchise in the NFL in terms of the pride and the family and the ethos of our franchise. So stick with us. We're going to get there. You know, let's think positively now going into these last two games. Let's try and put yesterday night behind us and move forward. Um, so I'm just recording my final podcast in my present location. I'll be moving today, um, given my fam- because of the changing family circumstances. Um, thanks to everyone out there who has joined my Facebook group. We're 125 members now. Thanks to everyone who follows me on Twitter. I think it's 680 followers at this moment in time. 187 on my um, 
uh, Instagram page as well. So please, if you haven't yet, uh, join, uh, ask to join my Facebook group, Brits, uh, Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. Uh, follow my Instagram page if you're on Instagram, Britsburg Owen. Follow me on Twitter at eSteelerNation, Britsburg Owen on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. Um, uh, for more updates on the Steelers. You know, I love my Pittsburgh Steelers. I try and update my content daily. I really want to get into this media side of things. Um, I've had loads of good encouragement from different people, like from behind the steel curtain, Chris Carter, uh, Wes Euler, people like that have been really encouraging. That's been fantastic to have. So, wishing you all the best now. Hope you've had a good Christmas um, and looking forward to moving in towards the new year now. Um, I wish you all the best out there in Steeler Nation. Thanks for listening. Here we go, Steelers.